Welcome back to Hit the Court. It is a beautiful Wednesday morning, and today we're going to do a Q&A session where I answer questions that were asked to me in the past week by parents or players. So let's get started. First question, it's coming from a player. Did you ever win a level one? <laughs> uh, the short answer is no. I won the bronze ball four times. And so for those of you who don't know, when you play a level one national tournament, the winner receives a gold ball. The finalist receives a silver ball. And the two individuals who lost in the semifinals play a what's a considered a third and fourth place match. And the winner of that match actually receives the third place bronze ball. So I won the bronze ball four times. And it was incredibly frustrating losing in the semifinals that many times. Uh, and, and these were all in the 16s and the 18-unders. But looking back, I realized that mentally I just wasn't quite as prepared as I should have been to make that leap into the finals and potentially win the tournament. When I was younger, I was very reserved. And when it came to the bigger, big, playing the bigger points and the bigger opportunities, I tended to be a little bit more content with playing on the safer side. And so I just never, and I can distinctly remember some of those points that, that I lost. Still, I, I can still remember them. And I, the only thing that only thing and the only advice I could really give is that if you ever find yourself in those big point, big pressure situations, d definitely continue to play in a dominant manner. And so what that means is however you've been playing up until that point, whatever your game style is, stick with it. Don't let the pressure and the magnitude of the situation cloud your judgment. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I definitely could have pushed through at least one or two of those semifinals matches. Uh, but again, though, back then I wasn't quite ready. So next question. This is from a parent. My child isn't winning, but it seems like they're doing the right thing. He's currently in the boys 14 under. Should I be concerned? Absolutely not. One of my largest pet peeves I have is when parents and players place too much emphasis on winning in the 10s, 12s, and 14s. Obviously, nobody likes to lose, but it's incredibly, incredibly important for the coach and the parent to teach that young player the correct values to focus on to set them up for the future. No college coach is going to place any value on the results of a 10s, 12s, or 14-unders match. Even coaches who are grooming professional tennis players, if you ask any of them, any of the great ones, they don't place the value on winning or losing in those early stages. It's just still way too early to tell and, and to, to, especially for the players, still way too early uh, to see where their potential is going to go. And so what you want to do is you want to, again, continue to focus on the right things. Are they executing their shots appropriately? Are they, do they have, well, are they, basically, do they have the appropriate technique to hit certain shots? And again, mentally, are they being groomed the right way to handle pressure? Emotionally, are they being groomed the right way to handle pressure? Those are going to be way more valuable to focus on. And so, no. I would not be concerned about winning or losing in the 10s, 12s, and 14s. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to look at those results. So let's go on to the next question. Uh, this is actually from a parent. What's something that's not commonly taught to players, 
but should be emphasized more often? That's a great question. I would say understanding the human ego and how much of a factor it plays into our decision-making process is probably the the most commonly thing that's not taught to the tennis players, especially at an, at an early age. Uh, the ego will tell you, for example, that you shouldn't make easy mistakes or that you should easily beat a player who's ranked lower than you or has a lower UTR. And that's just wrong. There's a sense of entitlement. There's a sense of not wanting to be hurt that clouds a player's judgment and clouds a player's understanding of why we play this game and how to actually improve in this game. I've I've caught parents complaining about how their son or daughter should have won a match simply because that their their child's UTR was higher. Players and parents need to learn how to manage their ego and ultimately their expectations. Uh, tennis is an incredibly tough sport, and it does not treat those who believe that they're entitled to win very well. It's fine to be confident in your abilities. And in fact, I always preach this to the kids. It's, you should be confident in your abilities, especially if you put in the work. But do not let your ego get the best of you. So that way, when you're playing in those big point situations, when you're going into a match, you're not riddled with unnecessary thoughts of, oh, I should be beating this kid. I should beat this kid 6-0, 6-0. I should be, I shouldn't have lost that point. Well, that tennis is a game of winning and losing. It, the best players in the world have all lost matches and they've all lost points and they've all come up with their fair shares of, of wins as well. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's tennis is a game of winning and losing. There's no absolutes. So again, speaking with your, with your player about understanding how to, how to manage their ego, how to control their ego, that, I think that's something that's rarely taught. Okay, moving on. Oh, this is from a player. How did you play at such a high level by only practicing two to three times a week? That's a great question too. I've actually received that question many, many times uh, over the years. And here's the secret. Here's the secret. I always practice as if I was playing a match. It's very simple. Whenever I had a private lesson, I only I got two private lessons a week plus a clinic. And anytime I played, I just pretended, I visualized myself in a situation as if I was in the match. And even though I was I had a coach in front of me and he was feeding me balls, I just pretended that I, every shot I was hitting was a 40-15 point, a 30-all point, a down, you know, being down love 30 and I would do this for an hour and I would push myself incredibly hard and as intense and, and just try to make the session as intense as possible so when I finally did hit the court like any player I still had my own nerves to deal with but when I needed to play and, and hit the right shots and compete even though I'd only practiced two to three times a week in comparison to most players who even back then at the time were playing almost every other day or every day I was still able to at least compete with the best. There were plenty of times where I felt like I could have practiced more, but given my, my schedule as a student athlete, it was all I could afford at the time. All right, we're gonna move on to our last question here. And this is also from a player. 
Who was the toughest junior player for you to compete against back in the day? Oh. Well, this is a tough one because almost anybody that I played against was was a tough player. When when you when you go up against someone, it's it's not as if you're playing against the same person the same time. Even if it is the same person you're playing against, people change, people evolve. So, you may have played someone last year at the JP Yamasaki tournament and then you play them again this year at the JP Yamasaki tournament. They're going to be two different people. It's just not possible for 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 someone to, to continue to be the same. So, every time you play against someone, it's a new challenge uh, that that you're going to have to face. But I will admit that there were some specific players that were tougher to play against than than most. Uh, out of those players, some of the more, more notable ones are, for example, Marcos Giron, a friend of mine that I've known since we were kids, uh, who's now 66 in the world when I'm making this podcast here. Uh, another friend of mine, Clay Thompson, he went on to be number one at UCLA and was an, was an All-American, played on the professional tour. Great guy. Uh, another person was Dennis Kudla, uh, who reached a career high ranking of 53 in the world, still playing on tour. But the, by far the most difficult person, and maybe it's because I only played him at the level one nationals, and I and I I lost to him. Uh, the the most tough, the most difficult player had to be Jack Sock. And the first time I played against Jack was actually in the boys twelve and unders winter level one national. And I had no idea who he was, and he just kind of he, he kind of blew me out of the water. Actually, I ended up playing Dennis Kula first and then i played against jack the next time next time i played against jack wasn't for for actually a couple years down the road i didn't actually play against him again until the boys 16 unders easter bowl semifinals and at that point i was playing some of the best tennis i'd ever played in my junior career and he was rising like a phoenix he was he was uh he was back to his old ways of winning every single match and and I just, it, it was always difficult to play against him. He had a big forehand, a, a pretty solid serve, a consistent backhand. He was fast. He was smart, great hands, could maneuver around the net, but could also use his forehand to punish you when he wanted to. And I remember that match very vividly because it was, it wasn't like I was playing bad tennis. It was more, again, with my mental mindset, I just wasn't stepping up when I needed to. And he was. So it was very simple. I mean, the the levels were, were we were pretty much around the same level. But again, on that day, when you have two competitors who are playing around the same level, the one who's going to win is the is the is is the one with the more dominant mindset. And that day, I just I didn't have it. And so, uh, Jack, in my mind, uh, is probably going to be the, the the toughest junior player that I came across when when I was younger. So. Anyways, so that's all the questions that we have for for this week's podcast. Again, I'm going to c continue to do as many podcasts as I can. Uh, for my students who are listening, please continue to check out our Discord server. That's it's amazing. Uh, we have a lot of things to offer on there. I want to create a virtual virtual tennis home for you guys. Um, yeah, we have channels that talk about recovery. We have channels that talk about our values. Uh, that we want to instill um, to our to our students. We're going to have links to to our YouTube videos. That's right, we're having YouTube's uh, YouTube videos coming up soon. Um, again, links to this podcast, for example, will be all found there. And if 
you're one of our students, you'll have a private channel with with yourself, me, Coach Joe. So it's great. Uh, check it out. Please continue to to use the Discord server, and uh, it's really exciting stuff. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on the next Hit the Court episode.